Hello, and welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, uh, sisters, very exciting news recently. What's that? Uh, not, I mean, by the time, actually, by the time the show comes out, it's not very recent. No, it's like three <laughs> weeks. <realizing> that. <laughs> this is the danger of recording early. <laughs> uh, I did, so I watched Doctor Who now. I Riley, watched Doctor Who. I know you watched Doctor Who. Taylor, have you ever watched Doctor Who? I have watched the Christmas episodes for the past two years because you guys always <laughs> make me watch them when I'm home. That's true. So basically, we're all giant Doctor Who fans is what you can glean from that. Precisely. <laughs> and uh, you probably are aware, if you uh, have any interaction with the internet, that the next Doctor is going to be a woman for the first time. What? That's right. Aliens can't be women. Time travelers can't be women. It is impossible for a female to time travel. I actually female saw that on doctors? Twitter. What's next? <laughs> I, I actually saw that that exactly that exact comment that women can't. Everybody knows <laughs> women can't time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Their menstrual cycles get in the way of the time travel mechanism. <laughs> My favorite it's was very complicated. <laughs> my favorite was one of the tweets that said one of her first adventures will be correcting everyone that calls her Nurse Who instead of Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, nurse Who. <laughs> so well, uh, Jodie Whittaker is her name, a yes. fine actress who will be the thirteenth Doctor. I am thrilled. As uh, am I. It's about time, I think. The Doctor, of course, is an alien who dies and regenerates <laughs> into, into a, a different person. form every time. In conceivably any form, so why not a woman? <laughs> well, and I, I'm going to I'm going to try to to right my wrong here by not I I hold off on getting into fandoms until I have a portion of time to give to it because I'm one of those people that goes all in like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like when I started watching Game of Thrones I lost a week of my life because that's what I did when I watched Twin Peaks same thing so I'm. But to counteract all the angry people that are saying, well, not watch, I'm going to watch. We'll watch. <laughs> so, watch. You've gained one person. I'm going to do my, 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 I don't, lady parts having duty and, uh, and start watching <laughs> Doctor Who. It's a, it's a great show anyway. And that's the thing. Like, I, I have not, as a woman, I did not watch all of the past seasons of Doctor Who that I have thoroughly enjoyed and thought, I am so angry. <laughs> I am so furious that this doctor is a man. Like, no, I just love the show and I love the character. And I, it's also a good, it's great. I mean, so. The show is really inclusive with a lot of different types of people. I mean, it's yeah. not like all about a dude. I mean, the most no. recent companion was uh, a female who happened to be lesbian. So, I mean, I think I think that the show has, I mean, it, there's no mistaking that, like, it has become more diverse since it's more early, year, right. like the early years of Doctor Who, like the way, the older Doctor Who. That I will admit but, I have not watched. <laughs> and I've seen some, not a lot. But I, I just think I, it's it's unfathomable to me that I would ever watch it and think I'm instantly fixated on the idea that this main character is male and so I can't stand this show. And so why are there people who are so fixated on the idea that the main character will be female and so clearly they can no longer watch the show i hope some well, of these I people mean, have never watched doctor who yeah. and they're like i've never watched this but i'm definitely but I'm not, watching now. <laughs> not watching it now but you know i 
I've always like I don't know I, I I think that a lot of the heroes that I looked up to a lot of like the the characters that I loved it, gender never mattered to me like growing up mm-hmm. I loved Spider Man I wanted to be Spider Man it wasn't like but I can't be he's a boy it was like, I should be Gwen Stacy or you know like I I love Spider Man but there was a so I I don't know I I agree with you but that being said when I saw Wonder Woman in the theaters. And there was, like, all those articles about women bursting into tears when she was fighting. I was one of those women. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it felt like to have a woman do that on the big screen until it happened. I'm like, wait, is this what dudes have been feeling all this time? No wonder they're mad. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is true. I mean, I think, and I think a lot of... Uh, young women as they grow up just do that like i one of my role models for my life has always been hawkeye pierce (laughs) from mash and i love hawkeye pierce and i always will and i love alan alda for it and i think he's an amazing character and i i didn't like i didn't watch the show and think like oh i so dreamy i have such a crush on hawkeye no i wanted to be hawkeye that was that was a role model for me but it is very meaningful like when i look at my daughter when i look at charlie and i think as a toddler she is kind of in that phase where she very strongly like is aware all of a sudden like she will tell you that she is a girl and she looks for characters who are like her to identify with she does i mean she very much does and so i am very now as a parent i am highly acutely aware of characters that uh she will connect with that i also would want her to and the more examples that there are of different kinds of, for her girls, but also women that she can connect to, I think that's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, and so it does matter. And women can travel through time as much as, <laughs> yeah. you know what, as much as men can right now. <laughs> well, that's really. Like, <laughs> which is like, nobody's traveling through time, guys. It's fake. It's sci-fi. Come on. <laughs> but like, I, yeah, I mean, like as like a life lifelong nerd like i've done a lot of cosplay like i i've done like spangler from ghostbusters and like han solo and that's great but to have that thought like wait there's some kid growing up right now some person that's gonna grow up being able to be a female jedi and it's not like a gender bent it's just that's just the character because those are there there are female ghostbusters in this world (laughs) actual ghostbusters don't exist but we fight over it anyway but that's awesome (laughs) yeah and it's, it's uh, you know, the thing is, like, guys, you still have lots. It's okay. You've I mean, still got so much. The doctor it's keeps really changing okay. faces anyways. It's not about what the doctor looks like. It's about the doctor's character. Exactly. Exactly. And the, the doctor's gender. If well, I was going to be I mad about something, it's... I'd be mad about the fact that Matt Smith left the show because he's my favorite. <laughs> well, and, and I've, I've been completely satisfied looking up to lots and lots of male heroes for a long time. It's never bothered me. Maybe, you know, like, chill with some female heroes. They can be awesome, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. This is not just important for, like, when I think about Charlie, for our, our daughters, but for for young boys and men to, you know, understand, if maybe they don't, <laughs> that it's okay to look up to women it's okay Absolutely. to see a, it's okay to see a female character with whom you identify and one that you admire and one that you would want to be like that's totally fine yeah. that's good that's embrace that 
Live that truth. It's good. Spoiler Live that right. truth. Women are people too. What? Surprise! Whoa. Uh, now work that transition. Because <laughs> we got so, off on a whole tangent. Riley, you better get all your Doctor Who watching in now because you know it's just around the corner for you next year. College. Uh, I'm not gonna have time to watch Doctor Who when I'm in college. You're gonna be so busy. No, I'm still gonna watch Doctor Who. You'll be studying nonstop. You're not gonna have any time for television. It's false. That's college. That's what it's like. Not really. But are you getting ready for college? (laughs) Um. Yeah, I actually am. I applied to a college for the first time ever, like a week ago. Did you get in? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding. Like it doesn't happen yet. Uh, But that's good. The first step is applying. Yeah. So how uh, how have you found the process, the application process for college? Terrifying. Also, I always feel like I'm doing something wrong because I did the online application thing and I didn't have to give them like anything about my grades in school, about my test scores on anything. I just like gave them my name and my address <laughs> and paid them $30. I was like, okay, here. Are you sure this was a college? <laughs> yeah, it was a college you went to, Cindy. I think you got scammed. Riley's just going to get a t-shirt that says college. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants an easy $30, just come up to Riley and say, hey, I'm a college. Apply to me. <laughs> it's a college you went Tell to. me your name. <laughs> I- I'm joking. I know. I there, there's so much that goes into uh, not just applying, but like, so you've applied to one college. Are you going to yes. apply to more? Yes. Yes. Um, there's a college I want to go to, which is the one I've already applied for. And I already applied just because there's a scholarship I want at this college and you have to actually get into the college before you can apply for the scholarship, mm-hmm. which makes sense. I mean, they're not going to give someone a scholarship that actually didn't even get to the college. Um, but, you know, there are just a few other, you know, to see what happens. How did uh how did you go about picking the schools that you would apply to? Um well, scholarships honestly are a big part of it just because college keeps getting more expensive mm-hmm. and I don't want to have to take out loans and be in debt and I think that there are scholarships <laughs> that uh make it so you can travel and pay for your college and have a good experience and get your degree but also not have to worry about like you know mm-hmm. money that's a good reason nice. yeah. there's there's no wrong answer yeah i mean unless you were like i like their school colors that's no. probably not a great reason to <laughs> but i mean that's the reason i applied to the school i applied to already just because the scholarship that you got sydney yeah is one that i am applying for and it pays for you to travel abroad and pays for your room and board and your tuition and your food and laptop and books and literally everything yeah and gives you some spending money too yeah like yeah, you get paid good, to go to college program so yeah. It is hard when when teens are in the driver's seat of picking their futures because I know some of the colleges that I was choosing between, I did a pre-college program at one, and even though it didn't have the things that I wanted as far as education goes, they had really, really good, like, Lucky Charms, Rice Krispie Treats, (laughs) always in the commissary, and that was absolutely the thing that was weighing my brain, trying to decide, (laughs) like, oh, God, I know this college is so much better for me, it's a better opportunity, it's better teachers, but, oh, that one college... With the lucky, lucky charms, charms. <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> they were so good, and it was so like obvious. They had like a cereal bar, 
And then clearly they would take this stale cereal and make them into cereal like Rice Krispie Treats. It was always an option. So you knew you were getting like recycled old cereal. (laughs) It didn't matter. They were delicious. I'm glad I didn't base my future on those. But I was like super close to doing that. (laughs) Super close to it. (laughs) Super close to basing my future on Rice Krispie Treats. See, I I think I was very similar to what you're saying, Riley, in that I, I looked that at our local university we had that you know a, a, a very good scholarship program that not only would pay for everything which was a big deal yeah um especially since i already had the advantage of kind of knowing i was going to go to med school or, or hoping that i would be able to get into med mm-hmm. school and knowing that i was going to rack up like debt for that yeah six-figure debt for medical school alone yeah. so i anything i could do to lessen the cost of undergrad i was in for and they also, you know, provided that scholarship program provides all these extra classes that you take that are like these intensive seminars with a very small number of students and they're team taught by like five professors. So mm-hmm. all these educational opportunities. So for me, I, I kind of put all my eggs in one basket. I applied for that school thinking, I, I'll get that scholarship. That seems like a good plan. And I applied for that. And then once I got to the semifinals of it, I went, yeah, this will work. And I didn't finish applications for any of the other schools that I had started applications for. That's crazy. I, yes, it was stupid and it was reckless. I was going to say, that terrifies me. I'm very lucky that it worked out. And I don't, like, when I look back, I think, was I naive or was I that arrogant? I don't know. Maybe both. both. (laughs) Maybe both. Sid, I I was in the same boat. I only applied to two colleges. Well, maybe you were the, were you naive or arrogant? I think he was super arrogant. <laughs> I applied to two v- very, like, like small art schools that were very expensive. <laughs> and I, 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 I don't know, I, I'll be in debt forever, but I got into both of them. <laughs> but see, you made good choices. Well, no, there's the debt forever thing. See, <laughs> see, Riley, in the past, there used to be these these companies that would give people money that they knew could never pay them back. <laughs> and I was one of those people. That's very true. The only thing I always tell, I tell med students this, and this is terrible advice, but, you know, your student loans die with you, so. <laughs> you know who taught me that? Dad. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, that's really I really think that way like I because I didn't ever really consider the impact of that till I got married and then I had a kid and I was like well I would hate if something happened to me and I would be like my I bequeath to you daughter all of my medical all school my med debt, school debt. <laughs> figure out what to do with it good luck with the rest of your life and then when I learned like now nah, it goes away if you die I was like oh you know I can pay on it it's fine that, that actually <laughs> makes you feel better <laughs> like well, I don't I mean what what like person i was like hey so i want to make comic books and it's like cool here's a hundred thousand dollars oh why did you listen to me i was 18 don't listen to me this was all before like the housing market crash and everything what are we doing this is all in the past really you'll never get the opportunity that i should never have gotten that's probably that's probably for the best you all talk about you only applied to two schools and you applied to literally one mm-hmm. for I started, one scholarship program. I started applications for others and then I just never <laughs> finished them. Well, I, for me, it was that I was like highly, highly, highly qualified academic applying to art schools. And these art schools were like, what? You, you, you did calculus? Oh, my gosh. Come to us. <laughs> 
We don't even I mean, have math classes, but come here. They had you come teach a math class. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, literally, the college I went to didn't have math. There was no math. So look at that, Riley. So there are colleges that college. with no math. <laughs> you do good enough math in high school, you get to go to colleges that don't have any. <laughs> That, I know that's a that's a big it, it's really interesting because Tay you and I took very different college paths yes. in the sense that I knew pretty early on um, like a liberal arts school was where I wanted to head so that I could focus on science and medicine stuff but I also really like I got excited about the idea of like I'm going to take some history classes I'm going to take some like psychology classes I'm going to take some philosophy classes I'm going to take a bunch of different other classes in other colleges i took like like creative writing classes and that way i can try all this other stuff out because i've got the time and the flexibility to and i'd if i you know got that scholarship i figured i was assuming that i was going to get it'll be paid for and it's going to be so much fun to try out all this other stuff that'll have nothing to do with the rest of my career was the way i kind of looked at school and you went a very different direction which is i know what i want to do i want to go to a school that can make sure it prepares me to do that that's right. a, like kind of a whole other look at, at college. That's really, I think that's an interesting difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, I wish that it was, because I think that notion of like, I definitely want to do this one thing. It should be a thing that I can get highly qualified in. That's a great idea. If you're passionate about the one thing. Um, I wish it didn't almost always come with like a really high price tag. But I think, yeah, that, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had an I went to an amazing college and had an amazing experience. Um and I've never questioned the thing that I chose to do. But uh yeah, that's that's kind of the the give and take of it is that specificity sometimes comes with a price tag. Did you yeah. know how risky that was? Do you think go like when you did when cuz I mean the advantage of like the direction I went was that let's say I got there and went Oh, forget this. I hate biology. I hate science now. I changed my mind. I don't want to do anything in medicine. I could have shifted gears and done something else. Did you go on in? No, like, man, what if I get in here and go, I really do want to do math. <laughs> I don't I don't want to I don't want to be an art anymore. Like, did you ever think about that? No, and you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe certain fields get a bit more of like oh, this is a, a field you can be passionate about, whereas this is just a thing. And I think that's kind of unfair because to say I went into art because I was always passionate about it, that that oftentimes gets that label of like, well, you must be passionate if you're going to do this thing that makes no money. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can be passionate about anything. You can be passionate about, you know, being somebody's like, I don't know, like, uh, like I don't know, accountant. Like, that's great. <laughs> but I that's just, I, I never questioned it, but... I get what you're saying. Like, there was definitely, like, there were only so many. I could not have switched out my major once I decided that was what I was doing. I could have maybe gone to, like, soft sculpture. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's oh. also that fear that I know people that I go to school with are wanting to go to musical theater programs. And if you apply to them, like, an art program at a school or a school that maybe isn't just for because i know you went to school is just for art but maybe a school that has like a musical theater program but you don't get into any of the programs you apply to then it's like what what do you do i mean you could get into the school and you could go to a school somewhere but i mean especially if you chose that school for those programs right. if you don't get into them and if you don't yeah. apply to any schools that don't have programs even if you wanted to go to them otherwise then what do you, what do you do i mean mm -hmm. that's scary i mean i'm lucky enough we talked about um 
what we wanted to do. I'm lucky enough that I am one of those things that you were talking about. You can go to a college where I will go to one. I'm not going to go to a specific college or program. So if I really end up wanting to change my mind, I will have that freedom to. But the idea of having to decide what you want right when you graduate and when you get there not being able to change, like that just requires so much confidence in what you mm-hmm. want to do. And that's, I mean crazy and terrifying (laughs) there there are some careers where passion will get you a lot farther than others and and here's the difference i think between you and me sid it's that you're a doctor you need to know things doesn't matter how passionate (laughs) you are about being a doctor you can't say like the 50th time i cut into somebody i'll get it right like that's that's not an option whereas you know for like early on like for anybody that told me like maybe you don't have what it takes I mean, like, you know, you, you still have a long way to go. There was always that, that drive got me a lot farther by, by being passionate. And, and same thing with any sort of like, you know, artistic writing, musical theater, those kind of career paths, like the, the longer you work at them, the better you get. And so your passion Mm -hmm. is actually a, a a propulsion to get you to where you want to go. Whereas I, I I do think it would be fascinating to have somebody who's like, you know what? I don't know anything about medicine. <laughs> I never studied it, but I'm I'm so passionate about it. I just want to do it. I, I just want to do it. I just need to live it. I really feel like if you just let me try a surgery on you, <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but I I'm I feel so passionately. I think I can do it. <laughs> well, that, that's like like one of the one of the lessons that I embraced in art school was one of my teachers that was like, look. You've got who knows how many bad drawings you have inside of you, but you've got to get them all out before you get to the good drawings, and you will get there. Some people have a hundred, some the... people have ten thousand, and that was a philosophy that I embraced. All the bad surgeries out before you get a good one. <laughs> like I want you to, the one surgery you do on me needs to be a freaking like you know Van Gogh masterpiece, please. <laughs> Listen, what if I, that would be terrible. I start my first day as a doctor. I start out my first day of office and I'm like, listen, you're my first patient. So this is going to be a bad diagnosis. <laughs> this treatment plan is going to be not gonna give you the right medicine. Out. Super bad. It's going to be rough. But in a, in a few years, I'm going to be way better at this. So if Come you're back. still alive, yeah. <laughs> stick with me. Yeah, they don't let us do that. Well, that, I, that, that being said, I also kind of hate that philosophy directed at the arts because I'm like, well, no, like you, you can, you, you should be, you do it, do it well, do it good, do good, like, do good, sure. And there, are, there are always people in the, you know, when you get into the the world of the arts and all encompassing, not just like visual arts, but all the arts, who frustratingly seem to be capable of brilliance from like day one, you know. So yeah, that I don't, I don't think that it's you're right it's not always necessarily the same it doesn't translate directly right yeah so um but i mean i was thinking about what if i did that what if i just like put all my eggs in one basket and just like went for the scholarship the same thing as sydney probably makes me naive and arrogant it's fine um (laughs) especially now that we've told you (laughs) yeah uh (laughs) this is a family trait we all just go like what that's my college i picked it (laughs) they picked me i want it so it's it's fine Um, there's so much pressure on us at school to pick safety schools and spread out our options and not get our hopes too high for any one college or any one scholarship, just because I think that 
I don't know if our school just, I mean, my counselor told me, like, you should apply to, like, several other colleges because you might not get this. I was like, well, I don't want to go anywhere else. I mean, there are a few other colleges I could apply to that's like, if I get in, then super cool, but there's nowhere else I have an interest in going like this, so help me do better well, at getting this. And not only that, I, I think if what you came in and said was, I'm only applying to Harvard, okay? <laughs> Here it is. That's exactly what I, I said. How did you know? <laughs> I, think, I think it would be good advice to say, this is a very competitive school. You have great grades. Everybody applying is going to have great grades. great grades. You know, like it's there's more to it. And sometimes you could seem like the most qualified person in the world and it doesn't work out. I think that having that dose of realism is good, but you're also applying to the same school I went to, which I know is not a particularly competitive school to get into. No, I mean, like, so I that know seems like 100% I'll get into the school, yeah. but I the, don't know about the scholarship. The scholarship is, is very competitive, and I, I, like I said, in retrospect, I don't know why I thought <laughs> I was a shoe-in. I wasn't. I'm, I'm glad I got it. Obviously, I was right. I was qualified for it, but I, I was not a shoe-in in retrospect, yeah. so... Yeah, I, uh, uh, it's weird to me because I feel like I see college differently than maybe a lot of people I go to school with do. I see it as I know what I want to do, I think, right now. So I'm going to go in with that idea. And if I'm going to go somewhere for four years and just kind of figure it out before I actually have to be on my own and like be an adult and have a job, I should do it somewhere where I'm comfortable and somewhere where like I want to be. Mm-hmm. So if I can do that without having to pay any money for it, that would be great. Um, but if I can't, that's fine. But once I figure out how to be an adult and once I figure out how to do the job that I want to do after four years of learning about it and growing up and learning how to be on my own, then I can move somewhere. Then I can go apply for some crazy job somewhere else and move out of home. But I don't know if that's just me being, like, scared. I don't know if that's me being, like, I I don't want to think about moving. But I know there are a lot of people that I go to school with now who want to do something that requires them living somewhere else. And they're just immediately, even if they're going to college first, because before they wanted to do that job, they're immediately moving where they have to be. Kind of like what Taylor did. I mean, she moved out because that's where she wanted to be and that's where she could get the degree. And I think it's just, I don't know if that's just a different mindset for me or if that's like a shift. I i definitely, like, my goal in going to college in New York was, like, I can say this honestly now, it was, it was 50% about the degree and 50% about New York. It was, right. you know, just to be in the city I wanted to be in. Um, but... I'd, I'd say for as much as I learned in college, my four years living on my own in a place where I didn't have family, where I didn't have friends, like that that part of the education, which had nothing to do with my college, was infinitely more important than anything I learned in class. So I don't know. I mean, I and once again, you're like, this is one of those topics where Sydney and I are like complete opposites. Like, Mm-hmm. And 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 that being said, Sydney is more like traditionally successful than I am. So like, oh, I don't. But I don't think you can use those metrics. It, I yeah. mean, it really just depends on like, are, do you enjoy what you do and are you happy? Well, no, absolutely. But you know, yeah. I, I think this is this is a good thing for us to be your examples for because we couldn't be more different. Mm-hmm. Sydney got a great scholarship, stayed in state, 
you know, like stayed on her career path. I went out of state, racked up a ton of debt, lived on my own, and I'm a bar manager, and I went to school for, you know, illustration. So, you know, we're both happy people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's nothing wrong with either path, but it is it is important, I think, to figure out which one suits you more. For me, I, you know, I, I had lots of people who I graduated with who were like, you got to get out of here. You know, you got to wherever you go out of, out of even not even out of state, because, you know, there's another college that we don't another college that we don't talk about we don't talk about <laughs> up north in west virginia that we don't reference <laughs> not here in huntington where marshall <laughs> is where our blood runs green that's right but not, uh, not blue and gold exactly but we uh but you know i had i had a lot of friends who were like it doesn't matter go just go there just so you don't stay in huntington anymore and i never had that i never had that drive it was like well yeah, you know, if I can get a good scholarship somewhere else, I mean, I sure, um, I was open to the idea when I applied to med schools, like, mm -hmm. I applied to a few different med schools, but then, again, like, financials kept coming into it for me. It's so much cheaper to stay in state for med school, especially this med school is, is you know, not quite as expensive as some other ones, so it started to seem silly, and then I got a little bit of scholarship money, not, not like college scholarship, right. you don't get that to med school usually, but, um, but so it just kind of all made sense to stay, but I also didn't mind it. I mean, I, I got to travel as part of my college experience. I, I saw a lot of different places, not just in the country, but around the world as a result of the things I did. And so I was okay with that. And I didn't mind having proximity to my family. Like that didn't, it didn't, it didn't bother me so much to have like mom checking in on me and right. wanting to know, like, do you want to come to dinner this weekend? And I mean, I didn't mind it because I took advantage and said, sure, I don't want to eat another can of chicken with steak seasoning in it. <laughs> So I will come home and let you do all my laundry and cook for me. And none of that bothered me in particular. But I, I really think it's about knowing what you need, what yeah. you want, and how you can achieve the independence that you need in life. Because as much as staying in town didn't bother me, I moved on to campus. And mm -hmm. that was very important to me to have my own living situation. I was going to say, I will say, even if... I do stay here for college and I get into the college that's like 10 minutes away. Uh, I will, it's important for me to move on to campus just because I feel like it feels no different than high school if you're still, for me at least, if I'm still living at home. It sure. makes, it feels like I'm still in high school. Well, I think that that's kind of a, you know, it's, it's a common thing like, oh, you got to get out of whatever small town you grew up in. Like, that was very much an impetus for me when I was your age, Riley. And and mm -hmm. it was a very immature one. Um, because ultimately that was that was like a fear I had. Like, oh I have to get out. Like that's the only way that like I can be something or, or, or be me. Um and uh and that didn't have anything in line with me being who I wanted to be or, or pursuing the things I wanted to do. It was just a thing, oh I can't stay here. I can't stay here. Um, and it really wasn't until like after I graduated college, um, and I had my degree, I had all my skills, but I didn't want to do the thing that I was trained to do at that time. I wanted to travel and I wanted to save some money. So I actually moved back home and like got a mm -hmm. job waiting tables. And it was a very specific like night that I had to wait on a bunch of like, 
cool girls that I went to high school with that like my big thing was like, look, I got out of town. I went to New York. Now I'm back here and I'm your server. And this is this should be mm-hmm. the most humiliating, terrible moment of my life. And it's actually not a big deal because I'm pursuing something I want to do. So yeah, yeah, that is like I, I remember what it was like to feel that like you got to get out of your small town. It's like it's yes or no. What what do you actually want to do and how can you best serve that? Because where you yeah. are doing that will never matter, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. You know, what's crazy is you say that you feel like that was immature that you thought that. But I have had teachers in my high school, like not like one or two people telling me this, but teachers tell us several times you should find a career that takes you out of Huntington and you should leave this place if you can and you should go somewhere bigger and it's like if that's what you want to do cool but part of me has also always wanted to stay here for college and also wanted to like live here and that's fine too the the key is knowing that you can do it either way is okay the key is is because there is going to be a degree of fear and like and I mean, I, I don't think I would be lying if I told you that I stayed here because I 100% wanted to and I was not afraid at all to leave. I just wanted to stay. No, of course, part of it was also a fear of the unknown. Yeah. That's we're supposed to have that. That's biological. <laughs> it, it makes us cautious <laughs> and we enter strange environments with a degree of, you know, situational awareness. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. to us <laughs> as an animal. But that fear was also there and you never want to let that fear hold you back you never want the fear of i don't know what it'll be like i won't know anybody it'll be different it'll be new you never want to let that stop you but as long as you acknowledge that fear you know it's there and you go i know i have that fear but that's not the ultimate reason i'm choosing this i'm choosing it because I, i want this then you should choose what's best for you i mean there are some careers that you wouldn't be able to do living here i mean there are people i go to school with who want to be on broadway and want to do musical theater and it's like well you're not going to do that living here there aren't even any musical theater programs in our area that are like specifically designed for musical theater Mm -hmm. and aren't just a degree you can get at a regular college taylor you couldn't have gotten your yeah you couldn't have gotten your degree here no absolutely yeah and And you you wouldn't have nearly the opportunities to do your art that you have where you live right Right. And I think that if you think that any job can be done from where you are so you never have to leave, that's silly. But it's also silly to think that anything you want to do has to take you out of where you are. Because, I mean, I think what I want to do, I could do living here. But I could also move to a bigger city and do it from there. I could move probably anywhere and do it because it's online and most of those jobs you can do, like, from home and from wherever you are (laughs) and take them with you and travel with them. And I mean, the feeling I have going into it is if I go to college here and I end up wanting to stay here, cool. If I go to college here and end up wanting to see what it's like to live somewhere else for a little bit and I find a job and I'm happy, then that's cool too. Mm -hmm. But like, I'm not going to go into college with the mindset that whatever I do has to take me out of where I am because that just seems silly. No, I, and I, I don't want to sell short that Sydney and I have both traveled that's incredibly important. I think it's, yeah. you know, out, out of your state, out of your country, I think that experiencing the way that other people live, other cultures, other places, that is, I think, a thing we don't put enough emphasis on and we don't make available enough in our mm-hmm. country. Like, I think that that right. is really important. And I agree with that 100%. Yeah. yeah. But that being said, there's a big difference between 
committing to living in another place for, you know, four to eight years versus like opening yourself up. Like don't, don't let fear hold you back from experiencing new things, but definitely don't like, like the, the insecurity that I felt that made me say like, well, I can never go back because I will be failing in some way. That's now that I'm an adult, I, I feel ashamed of that, how disrespectful I was to where I grew up because it was just like, that's, that was a really immature kind of <laughs> emo view of like, I come from a small town, but I'm going to make it big. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of uh, sad now. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't beat yourself up though, because I think it's so pervasive yeah. and I think it is eternal. I think it existed when you and I were teenagers. I think it exists now. I don't think that kind of thought like the grass is always greener. I got to get out of the place where I came from. I think that's always going to be a theme. Right. I am disappointed to hear people who work and live in our community yeah. <laughs> urging young people to leave just like indiscriminately, like whatever you want to do, get out. Just like, get out. I don't, I don't feel that we're America's best community. I don't there feel that go. way. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like, like, I don't know, like as somebody in New York City, it's like there's so many wonderful creative people here. They're all, they're maybe too many like i feel like there are a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of new city centers like i was just talking to somebody about richmond virginia and how like they have this great like punk scene they've got this great music scene they've got this great food scene and i have a lot of buddies that i used to live with that have moved there they're like yeah screw that i'm gonna move to richmond because it's cheaper and i can open the restaurant i want to open or whatever do the art i want to do like i think that there's maybe a bit more like hopefully moving forward where it's like you know you any community can be an amazing community stay there and enrich it if that's what you want to do if your job can be there do it because i think too many people feel like they have to be in these big cities when maybe their goals would actually benefit the community they grew up in and and i know we appreciate people who've like stayed in our community and added like amazing restaurants and yeah. stores and you know things and, and art and all kinds of businesses to recently this area. our area has really become more diverse mm-hmm. and has a lot more going on than it did 10 years and, ago and those are people largely who stayed here or right. who left got educated and came back here you know yeah. i mean not, not not necessarily people who are new to the community i mean yeah. that too but but i think there's something to be said for that now i know college the application process everybody knows like the details like you got to have grades of some sort test scores (laughs) you gotta have your test scores you've gotta do your community service Mm -hmm. have you done it all now i'm working on it okay i mean like i am in the pro that's not just like me saying like i'm working on it like i am in the process (laughs) of doing it right now so you gotta do your community service because they're gonna ask you about you gotta check all those boxes that you did all those things and have extracurriculars i have have those. those okay you got a podcast. I have a podcast. Have more than a podcast. Does this count as community service? <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting this into the community. That's, that's very, I don't know about that. That might be arrogant. I, I don't think I we're do a podcast. <laughs> um, so those things are eternal. Now, I, I do wonder, do you have to do like some sort of um, essay questions, personal statement? Uh, I know a few colleges because, man, let me tell you all, when you take a standardized test, if you put your email on there, you get so many emails from colleges that I'm just like, I have never even heard of this college. I have no interest in going here. But I will say sometimes there are ones like, oh, this seems like a good school. And I'll look through the emails. And there are a few of those that are bigger schools that require short answer essays and long essays. But I looked at the questions and they're all like 
super easy to write about stuff. I mean, it's all like your personal opinions and what you think and about you. And it's ne- it's never anything that like there's a right and wrong answer. It's just like... But you got to be know. memorable, though, is the key. Yeah. That's, but the, that's the trick. For someone that... who enjoys writing, I feel like I... Like those are just <laughs> like, like easy. fun to do. Yeah, like they're easy and fun to do. You know, I I really, I would love to, to pick the brain of a college ad- admissions like person <coughs> because I can only relate this to like job interviews, like as somebody that's written a lot of resumes and put a lot of thought and worry into it. And then now as mm-hmm. somebody that looks at resumes and goes like, okay, you have an address and a name come in and, and meet with me like <laughs> like what is how like what is the job of somebody that reads all of those and like pours into them like how is that quantified it's hard I, I the closest i can come to like talking about that is um i was on uh, like a med school admissions committee for a while and i now you know as part of a residency program we accept residents every year although that's a lot the match is a lot more complicated than just like hiring people Mm -hmm. um but i kind of the admissions process and you know part of it is just making sure you meet like the the basic requirements are the grades basically what we need them to be or the scores basically you know they pass Mm -hmm. all the right tests and that that kind of stuff like um a lot to get an interview is just meeting those basic metrics but then there's something past that um there's always in medicine there's always like a lot of why you're here why, why do you see yourself as a doctor? What does that look like to you? What's that? And, and I mean, I think a lot of um, that kind of like understanding who you are and why you want the things you want, if you can verbalize that well, if you can put that into words fluently and eloquently, that's very powerful. No matter what you go into, we look for that a lot in medicine, but anything can, can be that way. Mm-hmm. And then again, I know it sounds cheesy, but putting in there something that will make you stick out like a podcast well a podcast (laughs) is a good example i i will tell you that the thing i was asked most about honestly was my theater experience on every level i got questioned about the like doing community theater and like i saw you mentioned something about being in the wizard of oz who were you in the wizard of oz (laughs) you know like that's what people remembered about me and i mean i was applying to be a doctor and I ended up talking about community theater, but just because it was different, it wasn't what they were seeing on every other application. And I took the time to talk about it as part of why I thought I was the person I was. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff is really important. I know that sounds silly. It sounds trite, but like whatever that extra thing is, they'll remember you more. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I think that's kind of an overarching thing in college interviews. Like I, I remember that going to art school like the fact that i had heavy academics like that's generally what i was spoken to about was like mm-hmm. like i think that that you know a well-rounded student which is kind of funny because yeah. you would think somebody that's super passionate about what they are doing like that's who you'd want but it's right. like no no, no. <laughs> can you tap dance like oh, yeah, okay <laughs> no that really is because that, that, I, I remember thinking like i just want to be a doctor why am i talking about <laughs> Why am I having this whole conversation about theater? I mean, really, there used to be, for me, when I was, like, just going into high school, there was all this pressure, like, to get the perfect grades if you want the scholarship you want or you want to get into the college you want. Get the perfect grades at the highest GPA. Be, like, top of your class. Take all the hardest classes, and that's how you get into the college you want. But there's so much more than that. I Mm -hmm. mean, I have 
good grades. I have a high GPA. I am in the top whatever percentile of my class. I have good test scores. But I'm, I've been doing all that while I've been working on having extracurriculars and having things that make me stand out and being knowledgeable about things I'm not tested on in school, like current events and politics and being able to have educated conversations with adults because all of those are things that matter when you get to college, not just how good your grades are. They really do. And, and depending on what, I mean, for generally to get into the, the university you're applying to, you don't have to um, do an interview. Mm-hmm. But to get the scholarship that you're applying for, you go through several interviews, several interviews, one of which, if it's still the same as it was when I went through it, is you and like six people in a room and they just keep asking you questions until, I don't know, you cry or... Yeah, I was going to say, until like <laughs> they break <get> down. <laughs> I mean, really, that's what it felt like to me. It was like, they're just going to keep firing questions at me until I fall apart and can't answer them anymore. Um, and it's very intimidating. And it has... I mean, they'll ask you some stuff about what you wrote essays about and stuff. But they really want to know what you know about the world. Mm-hmm. They were really... I had to be well-versed on all the current political issues and social issues. And I had to have opinions on them and be able to back them up. And they wanted to know what my opinions were. Um, and then they challenged me personally. I remember we got into this big debate about feminism. And at one point, one of the interviewers interrupted me and said, well, if you're such a feminist, why are you wearing a skirt to this interview? Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> and I remember just sitting there thinking, I can't believe I was just asked this question. And having to navigate that, it, like, first of all, that's wildly inappropriate. Yeah. Wow. Secondly, I have to handle it. I have to answer it. I can't just say, that's inappropriate. Like, I have to say something. Yeah. And I remember being able to not just argue back why, like, first of all, that has nothing to do with feminism. Yeah. And, you know, secondly, because there are people of an outdated, antiquated mindset who would ask questions like that and who would expect me to come in here in a skirt suit. At whatever that is. I don't know. It was a jacket and a skirt. Yeah. Whatever you call it. Are you this. sure that wasn't just like a test? Like if you just thrown your water in his face, you would have gotten like ten thousand <laughs> extra dollars on your scholarship or something. Like, how you passed. <laughs> I think I don't know, because I remember getting very angry and then leaving that interview thinking, I blew it because I, I have a bad temper and I show my anger pretty yeah. easily. Yeah, and I yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you do. <laughs> and, and I wish it was shown. It was revealed. <laughs> my anger was clear. Wow. I, didn't, I didn't curse or call names but um but i mean maybe they were looking for my response to pressure mm-hmm. like how i would handle i don't know That's but i terrible. remember thinking like this is a very challenging process Hello, 17 18 year old woman deal with this crazy curveball yeah I'm, I'm about to throw an incredibly inappropriate sexist question at you in the middle of an interview and see how you handle it Jeez. um but yeah it's about a lot more than good grades yeah <laughs> I mean, you have, there's so much to scholarship applications and applying to big colleges than just send them your test scores and your grades and they'll decide whether you're in or not. I mean, you have to write about yourself. You have to write about what you're into. You have to be able to talk to people. And I think that, I don't know, it's just, it's a lot more uh, in depth than I always thought it was. It, it is kind of funny that the, the, the well-roundedness, because it's like, I, I got a scholarship and it's like, well, I was academic and I was also like an athlete. My college had very little academics or no athletics. <laughs> no athletics. <laughs> you just wanted me here. Like, why did you give me money for this? I can't play tennis here. <laughs> it's a funny thing. It's important and I kind of get it, but it's weird that that's such an emphasis. 
They just like to use you in some sort of like information they send out right. about the the college. Like among our graduates <laughs> is a championship tennis player, <laughs> state, state champion in high school. She also was did, did pre-algebra. <laughs> <laughs> she was very good at math for an artist. She got an A in calculus. <laughs> she did microbiology. Who does that as an artist? <laughs> So, did that help you at all for yeah. college? I mean, Being I'm still intimidated. It's still scary, but I I try. I think I think I am somewhat. I think the more the more clear you can be about what you want out of college, and that doesn't necessarily mean what you want to be after college. I mean, if you have some vague idea, that's great. But if you kind of know, I'm going to get these experiences. I want to learn these things. I don't have this part figured out yet, but I have a path to figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the really meaningful part. That's yeah. what interviewers and colleges tend to be looking for. Um, you don't have to have every, like, I know where I'll be in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Like, you don't have to have answers to those questions. Right. Although they may ask you that. Yeah. Where I just come yourself. up with something out of my butt. <laughs> <laughs> right out of your butt. I'm not going to let you do any of that. See, my now my legacy is at oh. stake <laughs> with this scholarship program. They're going to say, that's Sydney's sister, and she just pulled those answers out of her butt. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so I'm going to coach you ahead of time. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, or you could not, do my If no one sees me for... Worry. <laughs> if I go disappearing for three weeks before interviews several times throughout the next year it's because Sydney has kidnapped me and won't let me leave the podcast closet until I can tell her all of my opinions on current events I'm gonna challenge you you're gonna come home from school and you're gonna open your closet door and stand there and go why are you wearing a skirt feminist <laughs> put on pants why do you feel like you have to wear pants <laughs> what are you trying to prove and I mean you know as, as somebody that that didn't didn't get some crazy amazing scholarship Riley that you College is important for other things than just the the learning you're gonna do there. Like you're gonna be yeah. on your own for the first time, hopefully. Like you're gonna the, the the learning you do outside of the classroom is just as important to your future as everything else. So, you know, mm -hmm. don't there's no wrong way to do it. It's 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 an important it's an important proving ground. Yeah. I'm I'm nervous, but I'm excited. And you all will be with me on my journey through my <laughs> senior year of high school into my first year of adulthood. <laughs> and the whole long application process. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do your community service, kids. Play a That's sport. the main advice. Play a sport. Any and sport. by the time this episode... An instrument. <laughs> yeah. By the time this Aggie episode sad. goes up, I'll be a week away from going back to school. So, like, that's sad. Oh. So. Is that so soon? Yep. No, don't dwell on that. Well, you know, you know what the best thing about getting through college is, is you're done with school. There you go. Well, <laughs> unless you're Sydney, not, unless you're Sydney and then you go to people 12 years of school. <laughs> but that's OK. I love school. Ugh, nerd. <laughs> well, thank you, sisters. Thank you, Riley, for sharing these painful, trying times with us. You're welcome, everyone. Um, thank you, everybody who listens. If you like our show, you should check out all the other shows on the Maximum Fun Network by going to MaximumFun.org. Check out our family of podcasts. Uh, if you have any questions for us or comments or episode suggestions, specifically any questions for 
Riley, our teen spurt. That's me. Teen, teen, ex, teen, spurt? teen spurt? Teen spurt? That sounds weird. That Never mind. Forget that one. Cro- teen spurt. Edit that out, Riley. <laughs> teen spurt. I don't like that. Teen no. Expert. Uh-uh. No, no teen spurts. Um, if you have any questions for Riley, ask them in an email format, please. Still buffering at MaximumFun.org. Uh, and if you uh, want to tweet at us, you can at Still Buff. Also, if you like our show, maybe take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. That'd be really nice. Appreciate that as yeah. well. And tell a friend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, not about the iTunes thing. No, like that's fine. But like, tell tell a friend about, about our show. show. <laughs> about anything. <laughs> you know, National Bring a Friend to hey. Podcast Day. <laughs> Just talk to your friends, but then also mention our show while you're doing yeah. it, and then maybe listen to the show together. But no pressure. You know, create a bond of everlasting friendship. Over teens. And thank you to the novellas <laughs> for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This Quick is been still buffering. <laughs> a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. I guess I'm Taylor Smurl. <laughs> I am a teenager. And I was. Uh, I was too. too. <laughs> what just happened? Did we time travel? We're women, we can do that now. A lot of times my instincts are are wrong. They're mostly wrong, but they're not wrong in the sense that like I misread somebody. They're just extremely limited to my, you know, to my idea of who they are. That was Mark Marin. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm the host of NPR's Bullseye. I'm so excited to tell you about my new show, The Turnaround. Join me as I sit down with some of the best interviewers in the world to ask them about how and why they do what they do. We'll go deep. Some of the biggest names in media, everybody from Terry Gross to Jerry Springer to Combat Jack. That's all on The Turnaround, two episodes a week this summer. Subscribe now. Tell a friend. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.